Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. It's the last episode before we break for the holidays, but we're leaving with a bang as we talk Hey Vern, it's Ernest, Zap, and all that. Three very interesting and very different sketch shows, and I for one can't wait to sink my teeth into these shows. So, let's get started. And uh, joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? I'm alright, I'm alright. Last one before we uh, break for the holidays. Yeah, I know, it's, been, it's gone crazy quick though, right? It has. It was only yesterday when I, it seemed like I was sort of writing up all these plans and episodes and things like that, and now all of a sudden it's come to the end. Yeah, I know, it's crazy. It's been, this year's been so fast for many, many reasons, but uh, at least we've had yesterday's capers to keep us sane throughout the whole Yeah, day. I know, man, but um, what was I going to say? Uh, it's It's been quite a crazy week because you had um, Barbara Windsor. Oh, they, yeah, she, she passed away in dementia. Yeah. No, it was just it came out. Of, I mean, yeah, he had dementia, but still, it was one of those where it came out of the blue. She just had she had the best slaps, man. She was like um kind of like a an institution in this country, right? Um, I just, I love how in the in the grave with Chrissy, she's like, "Tell him you're sorry." She slaps him, and Chrissy just falls into Dirty Den's grave. <laughs> so oh, sorry. sorry. Tell him you're sorry that you killed him. She's literally on top of this, like, of open grave. <laughs> Man. So dark. I think one of my favourite ones was um, when she slapped um, Pat Butcher and Frank. Oh, in the pub, the yeah. Time, yeah. Doof, doof. Yeah. Oh, that, 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 that's, that's classic, yeah. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> yeah. But she did have some epic ones, though, man. I think wasn't her last storyline in EastEnders about um, dementia as well. I like, think yeah, um, she came back and she was like, "Yeah, look, I'm really, really sick." I, I think it was to Phil as well, because I think Phil was the favorite son. Yeah, or he's he's the one that at least stuck around. Yeah, even though he got while shot Grant, while Grant is in Africa and the South America meeting all the gangs and Afghanistan. Yeah, and you know he he he, he stuck around. Yeah. Fair play to uh fair play to me, old Maka. But uh yeah, Dame Barbara Windsor or Saucy Nancy in uh Words of Gummage, as uh, we did uh, a few weeks ago. So yeah. uh yeah, let's uh let's let's start things off. I mean this week is gonna be uh so interesting in, in so many ways, so I can't I can't wait to get started. So yeah, let's 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 get let's get right into it. So we're going to start off with Hey Vern, it's Ernest. And this show came out in September 1988. And some of the things happening in the world. NASA resumes space shuttle flights after it was grounded because of the challenge disaster with space shuttle discovery. The 1988 Summer Olympics are held in Seoul, South Korea. In Soviet-occupied Estonia, 300,000 people demonstrate for independence. Gorillas in the myth was in the cinemas and Domino Dancing by Pet Shop Boys was in the charts. So Hey Vern, it's Ernest. So this was a uh, American children's TV program. Each episode involving short sketches on a certain theme or scenario. 
featuring uh, Ernest P. Worrell and his unseen friend Vern and various others. The filming locations were Nashville, Tennessee and Burbank, California. And it was a production of Ernest creator John Cherry's production company and the M. Shells Producers Group in association, in association with CBS and was co-produced with Deke Enterprises. Some of the uh, sketches or the uh, segments, so you had uh, Lonnie Don's School of Hollywood Sound Effects, which was a fictional sound effects wizard will demonstrate how to make a sound from one of his movies. The procedure is always the same. He places the meaty part over his hand, over his mouth, and blows a raspberry. Then there was the haircut, where Ernest will walk into Earl the barber's shop and ask him to make him look like a Wall Street tycoon. However, the barber always misunderstands him and instead fanatically styles his hair into something that rhymes with the word tycoon. Example, a baby baboon or a clock set on noon, large feet in a cartoon, a deadbeat raccoon. Whatever the, whatever the hairstyle, Ernest initially is aghast, but then stares at it thoughtfully in the mirror and says, it could work. Then there's Sergeant Valley. So, um, Varney... He's a fast-talking military sergeant teaching a class of recruits about the subject of the day. He gives them two rules to remember, the second of which is almost always obey all rules. My Father the Clown, a spoof on family-friendly sitcoms which featured a professional clown, his stay-at-home wife and two kids, an aspiring clown, Skeeter, and his straight-laced brother Eddie, who is routinely the victim of the antics. Existo the Magician, a clumsy magician who stumbles over his words and attempts to perform tricks that always go awry. He is absent in the episode food. A self-described photographer, Matt Finish. So he's a self-described photographer at large who loves taking pictures of everything. His name is a pun on Mate Finish, which is a type of non-glossy photo paper. Mrs. Simmons... Mind Your Manners, which is a spoof of Emily Post. Mrs. Simon Simmons teaches the ways of a proper etiquette, but in many cases breaks other norms of social protocol in the process. Ernest's Tongue. So this is when Ernest's Tongue talks about certain tongue-related things and gets sprayed with different kinds of food. Mac and George. So Mac and his roommate George, an iguana who supposedly can do many of the same things a person can. Chuck and Bobby. So this is where Chuck and his brother Bobby, who rarely speaks, get themselves into various adventures. The two adventures made appearances together in Ernest Saves Christmas and the Orlando Airport State Storage Agent. And Ernest goes to jail as security guards for a bank, while Bobby made an appearance with his younger brother Tom in Ernest Scared Stupid. Willie the Robot is a homemade robot with a bucket head and a 70s have a nice day, smiley face. Originally appeared in Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam. Baby Ernest. So this is Ernest as a baby. When he overhears his parents use a figure of speech and takes it literally, concluding each time with the phrase, Boy, grown up sure talk funny. Know what I mean? Woody, who's a ventriloquist dummy who looks like Ernest. Dust Bunny is a dust rabbit named after dust bunnies who appears to live under dusty furniture and always gets in and out of the picture by sneezing. 
Dr. Otto is the main character from Dr. Otto and the Riddle of Gloombeam, and he will sometimes be featured in his lab, creating new things. When he feels he has a great idea, he will sometimes explain he would sometimes exclaim Voila or Eureka, California. Auntie Nelda is a cantankerous old woman and a regular in Cardin and Cherry's other commercials and films who appears in at least one sketch each episode. Bill and Koo are a country music duo who sing sad but funny songs and they only appeared in two episodes. Yeah, that's quite a lot of uh, sketches there. We've almost uh, run out of breath. But uh, yeah, let's talk about this show. This um, was one of the craziest, most fast-paced shows I've ever watched in my life. There was so much going on that I was like, oh, I, I found myself pausing it, rewinding it, and trying to like keep up with everything because it's literally like sketch after sketch after sketch after sketch. It wasn't like kind of like you, you couldn't breathe and and like it wasn't very good for um taking notes and watching at the same time let's say um but i was surprised just now when you said that there was um only two episodes of bill and Koo in it because i loved i only watched one of them but i loved it yeah you because you sent me a bill and Koo, didn't you yeah it was like that i lost a pencil it had a name on it too <laughs> i loved it so much i think we may have a contender with Biker Mice from Mars as one of the worst shows I've done on this thing. Really? I did not like this show at all, really. I thought it was... like How you were saying that it was really fast-paced? I couldn't get it to finish. Yeah. I was just waiting, like... like just I've never clocked watch so much watching a TV show than this. I really didn't get it. Didn't think it was funny at all. I had to force myself to watch two episodes. I had to watch half and come back for the other half, mm. which I regretted because I had to come back and watch 10 minutes of this. And that 10 minutes felt like 30 minutes. It was just, I think there were one, maybe one or two things about this that was maybe funny. They swore on this program. So I'm not really sure really if this was uh, about... Um, Really, this was a kids' show. I did, I did kind of like the clown. I kind of did like that, and I kind of did like the. Uh, no, I didn't know that was rubbish. Um, no, but I did like the clown. That's it. The the clown one was was kind of funny, but other than that, this was yeah, not not for me at all. Look, it was totally weird, and it was like I had no idea what was going on half the time, but um. I, I, I don't know what it was about it, but it was just like, it was quite likable. It was, I mean, it's really weird stuff. Like the baby was so weird. The haircut thing you were talking about earlier made me laugh so much. <laughs> when he's just like talking to me, he's like, I want to do Wall Street, Wall Street um, thing. And he made him into a clown or something like that. I was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. Like, like I said, the Bill and Koo thing was like, so that little country and Western little duo thing was amazing. I've watched it about four, like five or six times through probably just that little bit. Um, it was okay. I mean, that's literally the first thing I saw of this show. So I was thinking, oh, okay, maybe this might not be so, uh, might not be so bad. But honestly, I've never, I've never felt, even like with Biker Mice on Mars, I still force myself to like sit through and I watched it until the end. 
I never really thought, you know what, I need to get out of here. It's bad, but I'm going to watch it anyway because I have to. This felt like this is bad. I don't want to watch anymore. And then I thought, oh, let me watch another episode where I thought maybe I'll give it another chance. No. The second episode was just as bad and just as ridiculous as... uh, yeah, I mean, let's be honest, it, it was ridiculous and it was like, it was crazy. It wasn't like, but it was, for me, it was like just enough to like be like, okay, this is, this is all right, you know. Um, but I can, I can definitely see where you're coming from. Right. Let's talk about episodes so we can uh, get this show out of the way. I watched two episodes and um, the first one wasn't my favorite episode, I'll be honest. But, um, oh, the theme tune as well. We can't, the theme tune was great. No, hey, it Baron. wasn't. Hey, Baron. It was awful. I mean, I didn't actually know who who Vern was for the whole time. Vern is the guy he's talking to the camera, isn't it? Yeah, but that's what I mean. He's talking to the camera, but is it meant to be us? Is it meant to be something else? I didn't really understand the whole Vern thing. But did you so, watch the first episode? The Out of Space one. Was that the yeah. first episode? Yeah. yeah. Um, do you want to do the first episode? Yes, because I can talk about the swearing. I didn't even hear the swearing in this. I did. Okay, so yeah, someone's talking to Vern about a space movie. So oh, Ernest is talking to Vern about a space movie, and a, a moon part lands in his house. But um, and who does the moon part belong to? I've got that written down. Uh, it's a yeah, Doctor Otto's toaster, but it manages to land into uh, their house, and he's thinking, no, it's a moon part, and he's trying to um, get it out, and it's like forty-eight hours to get it out before it explodes. Then it cuts to Sergeant Glory teaching about outer space. And then Granny, or the the old lady, she's reading about outer space. Then I wrote sound effects, guy making fart noises. What the hell? My father, the clown. And I think, yeah, he's basically like, oh, I want to be a clown. I want to do this. I want to do that. And they just end up like playing tricks on the the, other, the poor boy. Which I thought was was kind of funny, and yeah, the other thing about the photographer to the stars, Matt. If you shoot the moon, you might hit a star. And uh, he's trying to he's trying to put the moon part on a slingshot, but it doesn't work out. And he's uh, reading about space, but he isn't getting anywhere. And the dust bunny's like, "Yeah, because you've got a head full of space, haven't you?" So I thought that was okay. Again, kind of funny. The lizard one goes to space, but I don't think he can. He tries airmail, but he doesn't. But it doesn't work. Doesn't return. Return to sender. Mind your manner. So you're learning about space capsule etiquette. And yeah, I'm swear the lady was like, "Oh, someone in in space, they bring um a human over," and the lady's like, "Who's this?" And the boys are, like, "Oh, I brought a human over." Can we keep it? And it's like, oh no, we can't keep this human because it's gonna shit on the floor. <laughs> That's know. exactly what they said. I I I, re- I rewound it and watched it a few times, and I heard it. I mean, and after I, I went, is this a kid show? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm gonna definitely watch that back because uh, I don't remember that. And. Uh... Something about his tongue and eating ice lollies. He doesn't like it. Existo, the magician, he's trying to do some kind of trick, but he's not very good. Uh, Oh, okay. So the clown comes back home 
and the clown boy jokes about being a president and then he's like, oh, well, aren't they all just clowns anyway? <laughs> and then they squirt, yeah, they squirt the, 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 the nerd boy with water, which I thought was really sad. And yeah, Ernest goes and has a bad haircut. And yeah, we realized that it was a, a burnt toaster all along. And that was all I could physically muster of this episode. Yeah, I mean the 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 whole thing was like this whole thing's going to blow up the earth, isn't it? It's a despicable plot to like for yeah. everything about humanity, and then it was like it makes perfectly burnt toast every time. Um, yeah, I like that. So, do you want to do your second? Yeah, yeah, I'll do my second. So you have to get my uh, get my shit out of the way. I guess I can say that now. Now that it's got the uh, the E sign on this episode. God, it feels like a, a last episode kind of feel today, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, so I thought, let me watch something that I could relate to and possibly like. So I watched Haven, it's sports. And this wasn't necessary. This wasn't particularly better than the last one. So uh, Ernest signs up to a wrestling match and he'll get $10,000 if he can win. And he wants to face Chainsaw Chester. Yeah, and the winner gets $10,000. He's coming up with a wrestling name, and he goes with Ernest the Furnace. And you've got Lizard George playing pinball, and the Dust Bunny is basically telling uh, Ernest that he's got no chance, and he's like, oh, get out of here before I hoover you. And, uh, yeah, there was a, a really... There was quite a... Not a funny tennis joke, but it was... Um, I think the kind of the joke kind of goes along the line of um, how can you um, how would the joke how would it go? It would be um, why shouldn't you look for romance in tennis? Why? Because to them, love means nothing. <laughs> so that's quite funny, isn't it? Whatever. I mean, they were kind of spoofing it from that. Um, Ernest is using a speed bag, but he isn't very good. Matt, the photographer, is taking pictures of his favorite sports. Uh, my father, the clown. So basically, she's wife is wearing his father's high school jacket. You, you're thinking, oh, was he a jock? But apparently, he was like a clown jock. And then the wife breaks into a song about falling in love with a clown and how much she loves his nose. I wrote, Ernest is crap at ventriloquism. I don't know if that was supposed to be the gimmick of him being really, really bad. Because you know with ventriloquism, you're not meant to be moving your mouth. But he's like going, ah, my, 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 my. you can see his mouth moving. Existo, the magician, is trying to do a great escape but doesn't do it well. Ernest is going for a trim before his big wrestling match. He wants to look like a, a Wall Street tycoon. But it doesn't uh, work out for him. And uh, Ernest is trying to learn some wrestling moves. And you have to have good manners in sports and not shout out things like kiss the net, paddle brain. Whatever the hell that means. And Lizard George is having a go at table tennis. And uh, the big wrestling match comes along. And the chainsaw guy comes and he wants to beat up... Uh, Ernest, and so Ernest is like pointing at the camera at Vern going, that's Ernest right there. That's him. That's him. And he runs away and basically sets a wrestler on uh, Vern. 
So he's a complete asshole. And uh, yeah, I'm done with this show. Right. So I watched um, an episode called uh, next episode, and the only other episode I watched was called Hey Vern at School. And basically, uh, Ernest wants his fancy watch, and he's like, says, "If I pass all my tests in the school, then I'll deserve to get my watch, and it'll be fine." So he's doing. He's put all the subjects on the thing, and Jim is spelt like Jim was in the name. Made me laugh. Um, uh, and one thing I noticed that when he does ticks. Like, how do you write a tick? Like, you do you do the little bit and then the big bit, right? Little bit, big bit, little bit. Big yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. He was doing big bit, little bit. And it was really putting me off. Like, I don't... It's just the weird weird way of doing a tick. And I, it kind of just kind of made me look at it a bit weird. Anyway, so the substitute teacher was the old lady. Um, and then it was... I think it was those two little... Two guys writing messages... Oh, so Chuck's writing for his uh, teacher to excuse his sons from class. Uh, then it was like a treat your locker with respect moment. Uh, and then the kid is sick and mum calls the doctor and the, and the kid starts dancing on the bed. Uh, it's because he's got dance fever. <laughs> um, and uh, Bar- Barbara L cuts her in his hair. He wants to look professional like a Wall Street tycoon. After mon- montage, he looks like a clown. And he said, oh, I thought you said a complete buffoon. <laughs> so um again I quite like that. Um random photographer bit. Uh spelling bee. The the, the girls getting like spell like twig and spell tree and stuff like that and then he gets I can't even say the word properly, but he says Ernest gets up but like you know, all smug, he's like, I'm ready to go, I'm gonna smash this out of the park and he's like, Spell chris- chrysanthemum or chrysanthemum or whatever the word word is, I can't even chrysanthemum, say. Chrysanthemum, yeah. Yeah. He's like, spell that, and he's like, uh, and it just cuts away. Uh, they had a Sergeant Glory bit, don't stick your head in a pencil sharpener and obey all the rules. Existo saws the head of a rabbit and pulls a, pulls a hat out of it. <laughs> Which I thought was quite funny. Okay, um, yeah, that's... <laughs> and then, he's like, um, at school, they're like, they're, they're doing Moby Dick, and he's like, what are the first words? And, he's, and um, Ernest puts his hands up and he goes, call me Ishmael. And he's like, oh, that's very good. And he's like, what are the last words? He looks all smug again. He goes, the end. <laughs> um, uh, and George the Lizard is working on a book report and he wants to be the first species to go to college. Um, I found this really weird, the lizard bit. Um, and Ben and Bobby make excuses being late. They go to the nurse and there's an epidemic of dance fever in the school. Like all these little kids are just dancing in the sick room. Uh, Ernest made a pro- science project. Ernest P. World auto chalkboard eraser didn't actually see it working though uh woody the dummy um he's the show and tell item so like ventriloquism thing you were just talking about he's the show and tell thing and then they did the bill and coup show which i think probably looking back on it won me over for this whole um thing so the song went and i won't sing it but i'll just say the words he says i bought me a pencil on the first day of school it had an eraser with my name on it too if the teacher is listening what do i do because i lost my pencil on the first day of school um, I lost my pencil on the first day of school. I ain't absent or tardy. I I didn't break any rules. My daddy once told me, "You're as good as your something." I lost my pencil on the first day of school. I could I think the something was a word I didn't understand them saying because they're all like yokels kind of thing. Um, but anyway, yeah, that, that kind of won me over that that bit. Um, oh, the Lonnie Don's Hollywood sound effect thing. He always does like. Wrap your hand around your throat and yeah, the um, meaty part of your hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's every sound effect has is that. So, 
Um, and then it's talking about tongues. So um, they they have to go through the worst as um, when they when when you eat school lunch, they have to taste it and they don't like it. Uh, the evil moon man is making homework multiply itself. Then Ernest has been trying to get into the locker, but he walks away from it. And then it opens. Uh, Sun Clown is in teacher's office and dad comes in. Skeet is in trouble for trying um, tying shoes kids together, then screaming free ice cream in the cafeteria. So when the kids get up, they fall over. Um, uh, keep mind and body in shape. Lift up big books and then read them, which I thought was quite funny. Um, uh, there's a mass problem. There's a news report for Dance Fever. Um one of the, the two guys in there cheating on the test. And it was Chuck and Bobby, I think. Chuck and Bobby. Ernest still can't open his locker. Uh, there's a weird baby. A weird baby bit freaked me out. I didn't like that at one bit. Um, Ernest, play, oh, so Ernest plays a really good like kind of recorder bit to pass the thing. Then he gets, basically, he passes all of his subjects at school. And he gets his really super duper fancy watch. And it does everything except tell the time. Which I thought was quite funny. And quite appropriate for nowadays, really. Because... Watches who can do everything. And the last thing on people's minds when they're selling it is telling the time. You done? We can move on from this? Yep, that's me done for that episode. I've got nothing to say about this show. And I'm ready to move on to the next one. You? Yeah. Um. um I, anyway, I, like I said, I've, it was... Some of it was funny. Some of it made me laugh. Uh, it was super fast-paced and super weird. As in, when I say fast-paced, I mean it was literally like chop, 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 chop. It was cr- like kind of crazy to watch it. Yeah. Right. Let's now talk about Zap. So this show came out in January 1993, and some of the things happening in the world. Czechoslovakia ceases to exist as the Czech Republic and Slovakia separate in the so-called Velvet Divorce. In Moscow, Presidents George H.W. Bush and Boris Yeltsin signed the Second Strategic Arms Reduction Treaty. The European Economic Community eliminates trade barriers and creates a European single market. Nowhere to Run was in the cinemas. An Ordinary World by Duran Duran was in the charts. Zap! So this was a British children's television comedy programme. And the concept of the show is a giant 18-foot comic that has been brought to life. The program follows the same format throughout its run. A tile intro is shown, consisting of a couple of short clips for each character from the series. It is then followed by a a series of short two, three-minute long segments, followed by the credits. Each segment is introduced by the camera, zooming in on a correspondent panel of a giant comic shot in reverse. And then played in reverse. The giant comic has a set of nine frames on it, some of which contain a character representing their segments. The show was designed with deaf children in mind, and so the style of the show is predominantly visual, with the sound only providing music and effects. The audience in handyman segments would also often sign clapping instead of actually clapping. The introduction to series one was filmed in. Checkers shopping center in Maidstone, showing a boy buying a copy of a comic called Zap from a newsagent. The comic contains a free TV zapper, which he uses to find that the comic has increased to an enormous 18 foot size. And that introduction was abandoned from season two onwards and instead showed a giant comic and then introduced each of the characters with a short video. 
Some computer-generated editions were made in Series 8 and for Series 10. The whole sequence, including the giant comic, was computer-animated. There were plans to broadcast Zap as part of CITV's 30th anniversary in January 2013, but this did not go ahead due to licensing issues. The smarty RT elements and the handymen were repeated in the USA and Canada as part of Itsy Bitsy Time on Fox Family and Treehouse TV, with Smarty RT being renamed to Art to Art with RT Art. Zap was also screened on TV Ontario in Canada in its original format, alongside the runs on Itsy Bitsy Time. The series was also broadcast on local military forces TV networks BFBS and SS VC Television as part of their children's programming blocks. And the network was shown on transmissions in Germany, West Germany, Belize, the Republic of Cyprus, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Falkland Islands and Gibraltar. The series mainly used library music for most of the background music. And the, themes, the theme tune is Keystone Chaos, composed by Ron Asbury from the KPM Library. Some of the other music from the uh, zap so daisy dares you was pocket full of peanuts and keyboard wizard and this is from the bruton library cd cuthbert lily had a range of different kinds of music so it was basically like comedy kind of music you kind of find it in the, the library the question mark or the dot to dot or i segments was pink python by mo foster Cluedo and Drag. Smarty Arty was a Boccarini Minuet number no. five in E major. This like piece of music is so nice and great, and it just it's one of those it takes me back to my childhood. Oh, just such a wonderful bit of music. And <laughs> Handyman. God, this this is like one of the most brilliantly bits of composed music ever in my opinion memories of the music hall roger webb from the dewolf music library this is just as good as it gets really in terms of like music and composing and i i, I like the whole old school feel to it it's very slapsticky and and and, and those things and just a quick rundown of the characters so cuthbert lily was played by Richard Waits. Smarty Arty, as we've said before, was Neil Buchanan. The Handy Men was Sarah Pickthall. So maybe the Handy Woman, but I guess they probably thought in those days we couldn't possibly sell that, which is stupid. Tricky Dicky, who I think was only in season one, was Richard Waits. Daisy Dares was Deborah McCullum. And then I think towards the end was Claire McCauley. And Smarty, Art, Smarty Arty was replaced with Minnie the Mini Magician. And that was Sophie Aldred from uh, Playdays fame. So, Zap. Let's talk about this uh, interesting TV show. Yeah, I mean, Zap was definitely something that I was watching as a kid. Um, 
Uh, I think there was always a, it kind of sparked those like rumor ones where it's like, oh, did you see the one where it was in the corner? You know, and it was never a thing, but people used to say, oh, did you see this one? Or did you see that one? That was never really, oh, and it's like, oh, once, once I saw this one and no one really saw it, but it was just like, obviously the obvious ones that you would, that you would watch. This was one that watching it this time around, it was way more repetitive than I remember it, but it was like. I was glued to this as a kid. Like every time it'd come on, I'd watch it. Was it, it didn't come on like Friday? It did come on Friday. It'd be the first thing that come on Friday. Yeah, I, I know that for sure with Zap. Yeah, I remember watching it and I remember liking it. And this time around, it was much not to like. It was cool. Like I like the concept. The concept is is quite kind of unique for a sketch show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think my biggest concerns going into Zap was whether I was going to find it funny or not, whether I thought it was going to be, um, whether it's going to hold up. And the question, and the answer to that question is it did for me. Yeah. I loved it as a kid and I pretty much felt the same now when I was watching it. I laughed. I thought it was funny. I thought it was very, very well paced. 15 minutes is perfect absolutely perfect you could see that they actually made improvements from the first episode and then on to other episodes you could kind of see like i think with um the first cuthbert lily it dragged on forever oh yeah and what they did is they tightened it up for the other series so they kind of thought okay here's what we've got we'll try and make it better next time which i admired of course i think slapstick comedy and things of that nature is definitely outdated and it's you know of the past you're never going to see a show like zap on on tv again or at least not 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 in this uh sort of silent style because you won't be able to get people's attentions for that long and as, as it was but like yeah this is like again citv royalty zap when citv was at its sort of golden age and at its complete another prime and it was firing all cylinders Zap was a big major part of that and it would be yeah the thing that you'd look forward to most on Fridays was 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 Zap coming on and we would we would watch it we'd find it funny we'd find it great i just i love the handyman so much i love the the music of it i can't speak highly enough of memories of a music hall you just close your eyes you just listen to that it's very uh, nice and and, and lovely but no, every everything about this show was um, was great. I can't I can't speak highly enough of it. And you know, I, I am to be perfectly honest with you, I'm I'm quite relieved that I'm not sitting here going, "Oh, this was so cringe. This was not funny. This was this and that." I'm I don't feel that way at all about the show. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I did get mixed up in my head was the music between um, Smarty Arty and Handyman. In my head, I'd got those two modelled up. So when I watched it back, it was different to how I remembered it, and I was like, "This is weird." Um, but it was. I think they're quite distinctive bits of music, though. No, they are. But I think just in my head, I'd got them modelled up. So obviously, the Smarty Arty is like dead, 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 dead. Right? That's the Smarty Arty one. Do 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 In my head, that was the hands. It was the hands for years. In how could it be? Because it's very like it's very. You can you can see the movement with the brushes. It's very painty. It's very arty. Yeah. I mean, that means it's very arty. 
Yeah, it, 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 makes, it makes complete sense when I look back on Whereas it. Whereas the handyman is like, you know, it's, it's like the, the movement and, and everything like that. You can kind of correspond it to each. I wouldn't. Yeah, I completely agree. It's just like, um, do you know, you you just remembered something wrong and you look back on it and you're like, oh. Um, but yeah, but it was still like, it was a cool show to watch. But like I said, way more repetitive than I remembered it. Like It, it was like, um, you look back on it and it's like, oh, that was the same as that one. Almost exactly the same. Same format, same shows in the same order. Um, but that's not a bad thing. It was it was a cool show. It's once a week, wasn't it? So, Yeah. And yeah, I, I doubt you'd remember what happened. And, but I think they, they ran forever, so... I can get, I can almost understand the fact that they would kind of repeat things or maybe do the sketch again, and who knows maybe they're trying to get new audiences to come in and yeah I kind of I I do that with my new stories don't I but then I I do that because I know we're getting newer listeners every time and newer people so it's a case of trying to not lose the old guys but it's one of those where you gotta get the new people in so you gotta give them some of the uh some of the don't, don't forget stuff. don't forget there wasn't repeats in this day as well it didn't repeat so like no. if you missed it you missed it so bringing it back every now and then wouldn't necessarily have been a bad thing or even like um noticed mm. by a lot of people it's a shame they didn't show this on the um because i know like citv did a whole old school weekend yeah. in 2013 it's a shame they didn't put this on. I don't know why, because this was like this is one of the shows that was banging for me. Is like... I don't. Apparently, it was lights licensing issues. I don't really get where the licensing issues have come from because I think with the music that they use, if if it was an issue of the music, this is like old music. You should be fined for copyright. I think. Like I think memories of a music hall and. Um, Boccherini Minuet Number no. Five in E Major, which was the Smarty Arty. I think that stuff came out in like the seventeen, eighteen hundreds, or or like early nineteenth century. You should be fine for licensing. I think anyway. I don't, I don't know. I'll know about all this licensing stuff, but I think you should be fine with with those um with those kinds of music. It feels like modern day music because I know with a lot of like TV shows nobody wants to buy them like i remember the wonder years was one of them like nobody's buying the wonder years because how many times you gotta get clearance you gotta get clearance for the entrance for the theme song with a little help from my friends and never mind the the kind of music they were used in the uh on the tv shows so in that respect i get that but like not with these classical music you can get them from the the wolf library or the the other kind of libraries and i'm sure it's fine to use i mean don't don't take my word for it itv don't 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 be start using zap because i said oh hey you can use the music it's free it's on me it ain't from lesson escaper said it's fine this is like in court <laughs> no it's not <laughs> i don't care i'm not going to court for nothing leave me alone but uh right let's uh let's talk about episodes we watched right so i watched three episodes i think yeah, I watched four. Because, again, it was one of those where I was happy to watch four episodes. Yeah, it was an easy watch. And I really liked the breakup between the the sketches. So I watched uh, I watched three episodes, I think. Um, uh, obviously, I'm guessing we both watched the pilot one. Yep. 
So yeah, like you said, I saw the um, I, first thing I wrote was I don't remember the kid intro bit. So um, and obviously you said that that stopped in series two. So um, the first one on the agenda here was Cuthbert Lily. He's so silly. So he walks the. He's dead silly. Yeah, I mean it wasn't that funny though, was it? To be honest, um, he's walking the dog. He hits a sign. Big lead gets pulled by the dog. Winds up round post. Dog goes to the butchers. Dog is fine. Cuthbert all tied up. And that was the end of that. So, Smarty Arty, right? It says on the credits, it was Neil B- B- Bushanan. Bushanan. Buchanan. Oh, is that how you spell it? I was like, hang on a minute. What the hell are you talking? You... I just had never seen the spelling before. So, I was like, is that right? Um, uh, okay, all right, fair enough. I'm going to delete that note because... Okay, anyway, moving on. They make a film picture of Lauren Hardy. Don't shake your head. <laughs> You're the CITV guy here, and you didn't know Neil Buchanan. I can't believe that. No, I no, no, no. I knew it was him, but I didn't realise that was the spelling of his last name. I thought it was maybe before he'd changed it to something. I didn't know, because you told me before it was him. I probably wouldn't have noticed if you hadn't have told me before the show. Shit. <laughs> Um, the handyman was lift a bottle, put a, with no hands, put a straw in it and lift it. And that's pretty fair enough. Uh, Tricky, Dishy, Tricky Dicky's Mission Impossible. He blows up the balloons and pops them, and then all the kids. Oh yeah, and all the kids have like mug signs on their head. Like, do you see that? That was, kind of made me laugh. So uh, then they have to get on a bus and they have two minutes to pop all the balloons, and they did it. And he drove no seatbelt. He had no seatbelt. He was driving without seatbelt. I noticed that. Really. Yes. See, this is like irresponsible, especially with like kids in a car. Sorry, that's, that's. I was thinking it's '94 and he's not got a seatbelt on. Was it a really old bus and it didn't have a seatbelt though? That could be it, but still, you know, back in the day, it used, never used to be a thing. Because you know, like how the rage now is. Oh my god, I don't want to take a vaccine because I don't know what it is. It is, but it's like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna wear a seatbelt. Because it's too long to put it over my shoulder and blah, 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 blah. My favourite one with the seatbelt is, um, I don't wear a seatbelt because there's this one time when this guy and he had an accident. If he was wearing a seatbelt, he would have died. Shut up, man. Honestly, that, that rhetoric does my head in. It's like, what about the millions and millions of people that seatbelts save lives daily? Anyway, so moving on to series... Oh, no. I want series two, episode 10 next next episode, so... Oh, mine was series two, episode five. So, uh, Cuthbert Lily, he's dead silly. So silly. He's off to, well, I think he's Northern Innie, so they don't say he's so silly. They say he's dead silly. So this is uh, for all our Northern listeners. Right. So he's off to the uh, Valentine's Day dance and he wants to learn ballroom dancing because he's got two left feet. And so he's got this blueprint of like how to ballroom dance and he's putting, it's like kind of like a, a dot to dot where you like put all the feet around so he's kind of doing that and he's sort of learning how to do that whole ballroom dance thing but then the theme of the dance is not ballroom dancing it's kind of like a disco-y kind of thing and he ends up winning first prize so that was quite cool I and and the other thing yeah I did yeah I noticed from the very first Cuthbert Lily sketch versus this one you can kind of see the difference immediately. Like they tightened it up. They paced it up. It wasn't 
a lot of like wasting time. There's not a lot of like movement around. It was very, this what happens. He goes here, he goes here, he goes there. The end, boom. The first episode was he goes here, wanders around, goes here, wanders around, wanders around. It was very too long. So they, they, cut, they cut all the nonsense out and kind of tightened it, which was good. Smarty Arty. So Daisy crashes, Daisy dares you. She crashes and she's inviting him to a fancy dress party. He's trying to make a costume for himself. So at first he makes a ballerina dress, doesn't like it. Makes a military kind of get up, doesn't like that. And so what he does is he dresses up as a painter for the party. Handyman. So it was jelly segments. So what you do is you cut up some oranges, you spoon the bits out and you put it in a bowl. You get hot water and jelly and you put the mixture inside that sort of cut orange. You put that mixture in the fridge, you cut it up and you make jelly segments and you can make them into all these different kind of colors so uh good stuff and daisy dares you so it's just basically kids eating sweets covered in flour which i thought was quite interesting because obviously it starts off with oh it's easy i can do that and then daisy going hee 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 so she puts it in flour so you got all these kids trying to eat the sweets from from um with their mouth and they're trying to like dig through the flowers I actually think I remember this growing up as a kid and uh, yeah so this was a, a fun one the kids flop and Daisy wins next episode I wa- watched was all the way to series 6 so uh, it's all yours well, I don't think I watched that far again so I'll be quite interested to listen to what it was like so uh series two episode 10 was cuthbert lily again uh he's putting up a poster uh he falls on the bed and he bounces back up he's kind of put it above his bed he falls on boring uh then he has to paste the wallpaper back on because he rips it off because he put when he falls he pulls the wallpaper off uh then he has to then he accidentally pastes himself um then he falls over puts the poster on and puts his foot in the bucket gets covered covered in stuff on the bed not good for him so that was the end of that like, just basically a Trying to put a poster up, everything goes wrong. Smarty Arty, Art Attack of Deck Chair, and Cloud, and then the cloud starts raining on him. The handymen make a clown face. Daisy dares you, is a tea party, bring a friend, and then you've got to sit on the lap of a friend, and the person behind has got to feed the person in front. Quite a messy thing, that's quite funny. <clears throat> the next one, I don't know, that was the end of that episode, but I don't know what the other one's called, but it was. 1997 part one and two um i'll just read it and then if it goes it goes uh, so cuthbert lily tries to play tennis with a ball shooting machine puts fruit in there then someone puts the ball on fast can't handle it machine blows up um smarty Arty makes a circus then the cannon and then gets shot out of the cannon handyman make a weather vane um what's this Oh, it was like, what's this segment? So, like, it's blurry, and then it goes into focus, and the first one was a breakfast, then a sponge, and an iron, then a jelly bean. Uh, the last one on this episode was Daisy Dares You. She does a long jump, uh, and there's, like, a trampette you have to jump on and then jump over, but there's gunge, if you, and if you don't jump long enough, you go into the gunge. Gunge, like, gunge has disappeared, I think. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a very 90s gimmick, that gunge. Yeah. Uh, and then one girl makes it, and then Daisy's annoyed. Uh, that's the end of that episode. Um, 
Yeah, Series 6 from 1998. So Cuthbert Lily is delivering milk, makes a, a right mess of it, and he has to mop the floor of the lady's house. See, they don't do that anymore around here, do they? Deliver milk. Yeah. Did you used to have milk delivered to your house? No, I mean, I. it was the fact that you'd have to leave your milk. In the, it's fine in the winter. Fine. You're I've, from the sticks. Yeah, but we had a shop. How do you not get milk delivered to you? We used my, to have milk. We used to have shops. We still had milk delivered yeah. to us. My parents were of the mind of, I have four children for a reason. Go to the shop and get me the milk. Well, it's one of those convenient things where you put 50p on the empty bottle and then you get replaced with a new one. And what you do is... No, but it, it won't get like melted or nothing because it used to come around... Um, at four in the morning. Seven. Well, not four in the morning. He's come later than that, like six, seven. And by then, at least someone is awake. Yeah. You open the door, you get your milk, you put your 50p on the on the, on the the cap. Yeah. That's how it used to be. Yeah. I mean, they still do that. I've seen them even around your your area, the, the old guy in the milk float. Um, what? Yeah. About four or five in the morning, he's, he's driving around. Um. Um, no. Yeah, because that's what time I used to have to leave, leave for work, and he's still going. I used to leave for work sometimes at that time. I'd never seen a milk float. I've not seen a milk float in twenty years. I mean, the thing is, in in our village, the milk guy, his name was Robin, and he was like, um, he's forever. He's I think he's still the milkman in the village, um, and he just drives his. He doesn't drive a milk float. He drives a transit van, and he's always drove a transit van. And just drove. I mean, I'm not. I'm not buying milk off a transit van. <laughs> he is the milk guy, though. He's the milkman. Um, so um, get a milk float. <laughs> I mean, but he's well, always a white, a white Ford trans, a white Ford Transit driving around at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, now you say it like that, it sounds a bit weird. So, but... Yeah, it sounds ominous. But um... if you ain't driving a milk float, I ain't opening my door to you. Shit, oh. are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But um, yeah, so he's making a mess with it. Then he goes to a house with a dog. The dog barks, gives him a fright, and he knocks over more milk, and he has to do a clean up. And then he ends up crashing the milk float because he forgot to put the handbrake on. Smarty arty. So he's trying to make a... He's, he, he, he wants paint, but obviously he's run out of paint. So he makes a paint bucket, but he has no... He can't open it. So he draws a crowbar. It doesn't work, so he draws a drill, and Cuthbert Lily makes an appearance. So he comes along, and they both get stuck on the drill, and then Cuthbert opens it by twisting the top. Handymen are making fizzy ice cube lollies. So what you do is you get an ice cube tray, get some fizzy drinks, you pour the fizzy drinks into the cubes, you put it in the freezer, you get a dessert carton or like a, a small cup. You put the cubes in there, get some lemonade and pour. Then you get a lolly stick and you put it back in the freezer. You take the cup out and you're done. You get a nice ice cube lolly. So the what's this segment. So you had a chessboard and a welcome mat. Daisy dares you. So the kids want to go fishing. But obviously, Daisy's like, we're not going fishing. You have to come with me and play some games. And then 
You have to flip fishes onto your head, but there's gunge on the floor. And I wrote, yeah, Daisy wins because the kids were rubbish. I watched a, an episode from 2000, which was completely different format to what I was um, expecting. I wanted to watch it. And uh, yeah, sad to say that it wasn't anywhere near as good as the uh, the old stuff, but that's to be expected. Daisy Dares You, first note I wrote was she looks completely different. And it started off with Daisy Dares You as opposed to finishing with Daisy Dares You. So you have to collect clothes blindfolded with dirty water at the top. The kids flop again. And the what's this was a tractor. And then Handyman had new music. And they're making a volcano. So you get a bit of plasticine. You make a hole in it. Then you put four teaspoons of bicarbonate of soda. Put some white vinegar food coloring and boom you've got a volcano then you got mini the mini magician i'm not really sure what she was trying to do it's a shame because i really like sophie aldred in uh, play days and um all the other shows that we uh watched her in but um this one yeah not so much and then they were doing a dot to dot of a banana then finally cuthbert lily He's trying to prepare for Daisy's birthday and he's getting her present ready. He's trying to put it into the uh, post box, but it doesn't fit because it's a, a vase with a little flower in it. The police gets involved and it's all very like old fashioned. You got the police going, hello, 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 and he he's on the floor. He sees these flowers. He just nicks it from the neighbors. And he's like, yeah, here you go, Daisy. Have some of that. She's like, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And then they're uh, running away from the police. And uh, yeah, that was uh, that was Zap. I think it's fair to say that it held up fairly well. Um, yeah. Like, I didn't watch the latter series. But certainly the ones that I watched when I was a kid were just as mm. good as I remember them. So. Yeah, and one thing I admire is that they did do this show in uh, consideration of um, people who might have had yeah hearing like hearing who can't hear, so they were doing most of it was all very um, visual. So that kind of style of TV show, doing it for them in mind, I think it's a, a very very good thing that they did that. And yeah, I completely agree. Safe to say, yeah, it definitely held up. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't think it was cringe at all. Um, yeah, okay, the new stuff weren't as good as the old stuff, but that's normal. That's to be expected. But no, this this show held up pretty, pretty, pretty damn well, if you ask me. And uh, I'm really, really glad because it was one of my favorites growing up, and it would have been a a crying shame if it didn't. But uh, yeah, it did. So. Uh, that's that. That's that. And speaking of that, we're talking about all that. And uh, this show came out in uh, April 1994. Some of the things happening in the world. Asteroid 7373 Takai is discovered. And it's named after Star Trek actor George Takai. Rodney King is awarded $3.8 million compensation by the Los Angeles County for his police beating. 
Michael Mora beats Evander Holyfield in 12 rounds to win the uh, heavyweight boxing title. When a man loves a woman is in the cinemas. And the most beautiful girl in the world by Prince was number one in the charts. All that. So this was a American sketch comedy television series created by Brian Robbins and Mike Tullin. The series features original short comedic sketches and weekly musical guests aimed toward a young audience. Its sketches parody contemporary culture and are performed by a large and varying cast of child and teen actors. Early episodes were taped at Nickelodeon Studios at Universal Orlando Resort and then moved to Hollywood at the Nickelodeon on Sunset Theatre, where other Nickelodeon shows such as The Amanda Show, Keenan and Kel and Drake and Josh were filmed. All that went on to become a fixture on Nickelodeon for over a decade and has received acclaim for its diverse cast and impact on children's television. The series has spun off several members of the cast in their own Nickelodeon TV series with varying levels of success. It has been marketed in other ways, including an audio recording books, a feature film, festival tour, and numerous reunions and specials celebrating the legacy of all that. Robbins pitched the idea of creating a kid's version of SNL, or Saturday Night Live, he brought Tolin and Schneider along to help develop the show. The three were influenced by classic sketch shows such as the Carol Burnett show, You Can't Do That on Television and Laughing, and began to flesh out a rough idea of the show's format. Schneider decided against writing the pilot episode and instead chose to compile the cast first. Usually in television, the pilot is written first and then the cast is assembled later. However, the three believed it was crucial to find the right actors first and then tailor to their strengths. A nationwide talent search for child and teen actors was launched that would last for several months. Eventually, Angelique Bates, Laurie Beth Denberg, Katrina Johnson, Kel Mitchell, Elisa Reyes, Josh Server and Keenan Thompson were hired. All that is highly regarded for its large, diverse cast on both in terms of ethnicity and gender. The show was praised in The Atlantic for breaking the classical norms set in children's TV with its cast, irreverence and unapologetic humour, and kid characters played by actual kids. When all that debuted in 1994, television was still primary, primarily segregated by race, as shown by popular sitcoms such as Seinfeld, where the cast is completely white, or Martin, where the cast is entirely black. Even Saturday Night Live was dominated by white male comedians. Robbins, Schneider and Tolin wanted the show to reflect its audience and also sought out varying musical acts, alternative, hip-hop and R&B to embrace the diversity. So Angelique Bates had said, and I quote, I was the first black female they had on that show. There weren't that many black shows on or black actors. When I left, it opened up more for black female comedians. I've had people come back and tell me it felt like I passed the torch because they were all on TV watching like, I want to do that, I want to do that. But then when they saw me, they thought, oh, I can actually do that. Black girls were coming up to me. Parents are just like, thank you so much for what you've done. And I was like, wow, it feels surreal. And Elisa Reyes said, and I quote, I thought it was awesome because none of us looked like each other. We were like a total melting pot of diversity. You have African-American, you have me, Hispanic, you have Caucasian. So there are kids 
that were able to sit home and go, I look like her. I look like him. I can relate. That was really important for me to be a part of a cast that was filled of diversity because there's nothing more boring than a Brady Bunch concept. So at the end of the day, I was able to have the fans verbally tell me how they felt that all that impacted their lives and it made them come home and look forward to to coming home and watching the show after school when they work on their homework and how they love to be able to have a little bit of music. Maybe their mum didn't let them necessarily listen to some of the music or whatever the case may be. All that made one effort into developing a popular sketch into a feature-length film with Good Burger. So Mike Tollin, the co-creator, said, and I quote, you get something like Good Burger and you just ride it. And all of a sudden, there's something called Nickelodeon Movies. Put under the banner of Paramount, it was a big synergy. We just took a shot. There was an unforgettable day when we went to Paramount with a script. The Paramount execs were interested enough to come to a table read. I don't believe any money had been spent. And we realized this was a huge opportunity. And yeah, so there was like one of those where they made the film. And yeah, Keenan and Kel came and we filled in with other actors. It was late January 97. And the exact producer at Paramount had said, and I quote, the good news is that we're going to make this movie. The bad news is that it needs to be in theaters in July. The typical gestation period for movies is five to seven years. Brian signed up to direct and we shot the film locally, built Good Burger, brought in Sinbad, brought in Jenny, brought in the whole cast of characters. 20 years later, I get a call from my niece from Chicago who said, I just watched the best movie and it worked. I thought Good Burger was such a good film. I've never seen Good Burger. I didn't even know it was a movie. Good burger, good burger, home with a good burger. May I take your order? Nah. Yeah, I did. I just remember watching it as a kid. It was so funny. And uh, spin-offs from all that includes Keenan and Kel, The Amanda Show, and The Nick Cannon Show. And initially, after filming was completed, the pilot was shelved as screenings did not test well with focus groups consisting of children, both boys and girls in different age groups that Nickelodeon used. The scores showed that kids probably wouldn't like this new sketch comedy show for kids. And regardless of the negative response, Geraldine Laybourne, then president of Nickelodeon, decided to pick the series up. And after the 100th episode, the show won Kids' Choice Award for Favourite TV Show. And in 2019, Robbins the current president of Nickelodeon and co-creator of the original series announced the revival of the series where the original cast members Keenan Thompson would be serving as the exec producer with Kel Mitchell later confirmed in the same role. Original cast members Laurie Beth Dunberg and Josh Server also appear in the premiere episode and what he said was I would never ever ever would have cancelled the show. It should have been Nickelodeon Saturday Night Live all that was a very sophisticated show and it's got young humor, but the level of comedy was sophisticated. And for the new newer series, the format of the series remained roughly the same and the original as the original era and the relaunch era. Minor changes to the format includes the traditional code open, 
which features the cast in a green room or around the studio before the show starts, occasionally appearing later in an episode rather than at the beginning. Vital information, now sporadically appearing, was kept on with Cadell as anchor and Know Your Stars was dropped for the revival. The revival series features the involvement of former cast members appearing regularly with the new cast in sketches. Numerous classic characters from the previous eras were revived as well. Besides Mitchell and Thompson, Laurie Beth Dunberg, Lisa Foyles, Elisa Reyes, Mark Soule, Josh Server, and Jamie Lynn Spears appeared to Cameo. And in celebration of the show's return to Nickelodeon, a Good Burger pop-up location opened up to fans in Santa Monica, California with the purchase of a ticket. Guests have access to a menu inspired by the sketch and film, the small arcade and memorabilia and set pieces. The new cast are Ryan Alessi, Aria Brooks, Reese Cadell, Kate Godfrey, Gabrielle Green, Nathan Janak, Lex Lumpkin and Shingun Sergalen. Right, so all that. Uh, obviously, I knew about Keenan and Kel, and that was about as far as this one goes. You were absolutely spot on, though, about the um, the diverse cast and crew. Maybe not crew, I don't see them, but um, certainly the cast, because it was it stuck out. It stuck out that there was a diverse thing, and I thought that was a bit um, shameful, really, that it stuck out that much. Um, with it's just having a diverse cast, it just goes to show you what is actually there, and 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 obviously what isn't there. Uh, I didn't watch this one as a kid, but um, it was a bit crazy watching it as an adult, to be honest. Um, yeah, kind of very similar vibes for the Vern, the Haven. It's look Vern, Haven, Haven, Vern, Vern. Um, so it's kind of a bit similar to that for me because it was very crazy and very, you know, all over the place, really. I mean the the big bur- good burger did make me laugh that sketch, but um yeah and the 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 ear one ear, ear boy at the beginning, um yeah apart from that it was yes yeah, it, it was a decent show. I mean I wouldn't compare this with Hey Ernest Ernest at all. I think I think that's an insult to all that. I thought this show was very very good. I didn't watch it a great deal as a kid. I'd heard of all that. But obviously, we didn't have Nickelodeon growing up, so uh, that that's that. But um, yeah, I thought I thought this was really good. I thought it was very funny. I loved that it was so diverse for its time. They didn't care about breaking boundaries. I admire the fact that you know sometimes when you put it in front of people and you tell them to watch it, and you kind of get like a not a not a good feedback, but you. You say, you know what, sod it, we're we're gonna do this anyway, and that's what they did, and they were thoroughly vindicated for doing that. I thought, yeah, the 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 the, the cast were really really good, meshed well together, and it, it's good, yeah, to have a kid show with actual kids on it because they could have just casted someone who's like eighteen and be like, yeah, you can be a a twelve year old or whatever, but they, you know, they did the kids and they trusted them and they they, you know. They were thrown the proverbial ball, and they pretty much ran to the end zone with it. I thought this was really, really good. I was laughing at most of the sketches. I managed to watch one episode from 2019. I thought the young kids there did incredibly well again. 
kind of you know taking the baton and and and, and carrying it to a, a new generation but yeah i i really like this show and uh it is it is it is nothing like Haven and it's Ernest. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not don't get me wrong, I wasn't I wasn't um I wasn't comparing the content at all. I was just talking about like different sketches at different times with no gap in between, you know? Um Yeah. But I I have to agree with what you said as well. It's like a kids show with the com but although it's a kids comedy show, it was sophisticated comedy for kids as well because it wasn't like yeah. I mean some things were just completely outrageous and stupid. But it was still funny, and then you got like more, more stuff, and it just seemed to like the the way the kids were delivering it was was really good, and as if somebody with much bigger stature was uh, delivering the, the the same material. So, no props to that. I think it was really good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I didn't watch the pilot, so uh, I don't think the pilot was available online. Oh well, I watched series one, episode one. Yeah, that that was episode two, technically. Uh. Okay, I'll watch that one. Well, you can start with that one. So I only watched two, and I didn't watch any of the new ones, which um, uh, was, was a bit difficult to watch this one. I was uh, cramming by the last episode because um, my boy did not want to watch it. So, um, so Keenan's like, he's like kind of like sat there and he's nervous about going on TV for his first sketch show, and everyone's sort of like giving him reasons to be nervous. No, to, uh, don't be nervous, or do this. And he's, by the end of it, he's like. Like pouring with sweat, and like, and he's walking. He's, he's uh, as he walks away. He's like, uh, he's like got soggy shoes by the end of it. He's like scratch, 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 scratch. Um, uh, and then the first thing I wrote was, it looks like a good showcase for young actors and actresses. So, Randy and Mandy were making, were, were doing a cooking show. I actually quite like like some of this. They're making, yeah, I did like Randy and Mandy. And they're like, oh, let's make scrambled egg, and you got like crack some eggs, and they put the shells in there and everything, and then they're like. And then you've got to add some chocolate for flavor. And I think they use chocolate sauce for that one. And they're like, if you haven't need a meal on the run, have a cheese sandwich and then put chocolate slabs on it or something like that for a thing. And then they're like, then they made chocolate nachos. And they're like, don't worry about what chocolate you're putting on this, but like chocolate flakes, chocolate powder, chocolate uh, bars. And then they were having like nachos with chocolate in it. It looked quite, um, looked quite nice actually. Um, and then it, and then Randy has chaplets, so he puts chocolate sauce all over them. Um, and then they're like, after each meal, you should you should brush your teeth, and they put chocolate like sauce on a toothbrush and that kind of thing. Anyway, that's the end of that sketch. And then it went on to this thing called Ear Boy, which is really weird. It's Walter, this guy, and he's got massive ears, and and then he gets told off for earwigging because he listens to someone's conversation by accident. <laughs> and then Pizza Face comes in, and he's got like a proper pizza for a face. Um, and obviously, these are all things that kids take the mickey out of anyway. So um, uh, then Pizza Face comes in, he gets invited to a uh, party because he's wearing an earring. Um, Egghead was studying uh, for a test. She's sort of a friend. Four Eyes has an earring, so she gets invited to the party. Basically, everyone's cool because they've got this earring. And then um, he goes to uh, uh, Walter gets his ear drilled like with a proper proper drill um and it's got like this you know like the uh little spiky thing that makes a proper big hole um in the drill bit and then uh then he's a big earring to fill the hole so he wears a lantern and now he's cool and gets invited to a party by a girl and then there's like this um keenan's um uh radio show and where they they basically sort the kids problems out 
but the, the parents call him with a problem they've got with the kids, and and he sorts them out. So um, he says, "Oh, I've got twin daughters, and I can't tell the difference." And he says, um, uh, "Oh, that's." He says, "Keenan, oh, is it Kel's show or Keenan's show?" I think it's Kel's show, isn't it? It's not Keenan's show. Um, and then he says, "You've got to write the name on the forehead of the child." And then you've got to go and do do the same with the other one. That's how you're going to tell the difference between the the twins. Um, uh, and I didn't write down. Oh, Melvin's being picked on. Um, and then he's like, "It's because he's called him Melvin." Was that you could have called him anything else? <laughs> Change his name. That's how to solve that problem. Um, which I thought was quite funny. Um, and then the kid gets cut from the football team, and there was something about popcorn. I didn't know exactly what. Vital segment information. So vile information segment. Never go up to the meanest person and say, beat me up. And it's rude to butter yourself in a restaurant. Don't say in the middle of someone's story if someone chokes. If you take grandma to the dance, don't say, look at me. I'm at the dance with my grandma. Um, so this is like the good burger bit. Uh, like, welcome to good. You'll have to do the voice because you're pretty good at the voice. So um, someone orders a complex order. He ignores it and just orders a good burger. Someone complains about the pickles, so he just takes them out. Someone else orders a milkshake, and he takes a sip. And then someone um, says, uh, my order's well done. I asked for medium or something. He goes, oh, thanks. That was quite funny. Uh, this lady pays with a $100 bill, and he pays... And this is kind of an American thing, right? With a tipping, like, Americans always expect a tip. Um, so he basically puts the, all the the hundred dollar bill in his in, in his pocket. Doesn't give her any change. Then vital information again. Um, if someone falls down and says, "Don't say it's funny," and then there's a dressing thing. There's a girl like a girl hip hop artist in in the thing, and then people are asking. I don't know who it was, but people are asking her to sign things like uh, forehead. P- Keenan comes in with his pants and he's like, "Sign these, please." And then and then Kel comes in with his report card, and I thought that was quite uh, quite funny. Um, anyway, that was the end of that was the end of the first episode I watched. So I've got series three, episode thirteen was the next and only one, other one I watched. She was pretty good. That's all I'm gonna say. She was like, she, oh, you... I listened to the hip hop thing at the end because they always do, do like the two episodes that I watched. They had a musical thing at the end, and it was and it was pretty good. Um, it must have been Debrat. Yeah, I don't know who it was. I, I literally couldn't tell you. I didn't hear what they said. Yeah, Debrat or Shante Harris. All I know is she was pretty good. Um, yeah, I watched the. I ended up watching the finale of series one, and so the producer wants to plan a party for everyone involved in the show. They're not working, but all they just do is party all the time, and they're always coming back. But uh, everything always goes back to normal. They're planning a surprise party for one of the guys, and he always just ends up fainting because he doesn't like surprises. So there's like Elvis in the closet. Someone dressed up as Elvis, and then he faints. And then he's like, oh, okay, at least he goes, at least the cake, there's not going to be any more surprises. I just want to blow out the candles and sing happy birthday, whatever. And then out jumps uh, someone doing a Steve Urkel impression. And he's like, oh, did I do that? And he fades again. And then they did a whole thing about Urkel holiday hits. It was just so, and it's basically Christmas and uh, Hanukkah songs in the voice of uh, Urkel. So jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way, and dreidel, 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 I make it out of clay, and then one of them was 
did I do that on your Christmas dinner? It's just very, very funny. Vital information. Don't drink a pork chop. Don't say I'm still in front of you and you're queuing up. And don't write magic pimple on your face. Get your butt off my tuffy. I don't even know what that means. Oh, so the, and then there's one with volleyball where the kids don't know how to play volleyball. And Kel is the, uh, he's meant to be the uh, the coach, but he's trying to teach them and they don't know. So they end up using the racket to hit the ball. They're trying to run away. And he goes, oh, you have to hit the ball. So one of them grabs the ball and then throws it at the teacher. And he's like, don't throw it at me. You're supposed to throw it on the uh, other side. And they end up doing the can-can. And then there's one sketch in the classroom. And so she, she's like, oh, why don't you behave like you would behave at home? And so the girl goes, okay, I'm going to behave like I behave at home. So she's like getting her sofa out. She gets the TV on. There's like a cable repair man. And they're like, oh, and I can't remember what film they wanted to watch, but they were all like gathering around the TV going, oh, this film is on. Then you had the incredibly weird action league. So this was Stinky on Ice. And so he's basically a, an action figure. <laughs> and, he, and, and one of them like snaps the hands of the action figure. So he's basically going, ow, 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 it hurts. I've lost my hand. And then, and then he's like in between the door. I don't know if it was like one of the humans. And he basically just slams the door shut on him and he completely breaks apart. It's like, ah! I, I don't know why that made me laugh, but it did. And so you got one, and then one of the other action figures ends up getting stuck in jelly. So he's basically going, oh, I'm drowning, I'm drowning. And one of them is like stuck in a fridge. And then so I think Stinky shoots out of a kettle and he saves everybody. And then there's one last person and they're all in the fridge going, we're saved, we're rescued. And someone shuts the fridge on them. And then that's how that uh, segment ends. The next episode I watched was series two, episode one. So they're talking about their auditions and what they had to get through. So they had to be really, really tough. They had to be really, really strong. They had to be really, really funny. And then they do a, a good burger sketch. But this time it's not Kel. It's basically someone else. And he's all like, okay, good burger, good burger. Home of the good burger. May I take your order? And he sounds really good. And then Kel walks into the shot and he's like, hey, what's going on? And he goes, oh, I'm doing a, um, a commercial. Like, go away. And they're all like to Kel, get out of here. We're trying to do this perfect commercial for good burger. And Kel's like, I want to watch, I want to watch. And then he ends up knocking the actor out by accident. And so they're like, okay, fine, we're going to have to use you. And so the ladies, the producer ladies, like trying to do the, the script with him. And she's like, basically, they're holding up a cue card. And they're like, you need to read this. And he's like, okay, uh, good burger, home of a good burger, may I take your order? And then, ever, and then they're like, okay, you got to read the, the signs. And then for some reason, he grabs her face for no reason. And she wants to laugh so much and break character. You can actually see her face like going like, ah, like I want to laugh. It's so funny. And then I think maybe that's maybe they got the idea from that. And so he's just basically, yeah, like reading the script in that funny voice of his. And so what they decide to do is that they do the commercial, but he ends up saying nothing and he ends up using his hands instead. And everyone's like to him, yeah, you're not going to get famous from your hands. 
And then he gets like this horde of girls coming going, ah, your hand, your hand. We're a big fan of your hand. And then you had a, a sketch in the library, but it's not very quiet. And it's so funny because it's like um, she's basically going, quiet in the library. This is a library. Shut up. And she's being really, really, really loud. And everyone's going, why are you being loud? It's a library. She's like, quiet in the library. And then she starts singing America the Brave. And then there's a 4 p.m. gong, which just comes out of nowhere. Oh, it's 4 o'clock. Boom. And then just being really, really loud. And they all leave the library. Then it was cooking with Randy and Mandy. And they basically get they, they get a gift from the audience, which is basically like a carved out chocolate with R and M. And they're just basically eating that. And so Randy has a cavity and he and he's not allowed to eat chocolate anymore. And they they still keep getting chocolate gifts from viewers. And obviously the the doctor comes in and he goes, I'm afraid you can't have any more chocolates until we get that dodgy teeth removed. So he's like, oh, man, I want to eat all this chocolate. And she's basically like going, oh, this is nice. Someone makes some this chocolate house. She's sprinkling it going, oh, look, it's raining. So I'm going to put chocolate sauce. Oh, I'm going to put sprinkles on it. It's snowing. And he's like, oh, you know what? Sod it. I'm going to try and pull my teeth out. So he's basically trying all these different ways to like pull his teeth out. And then, she, and then he's like to her, pull the string. And she goes, I don't want to do that. Pull the string. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> he juggle it. And so they pull out a teeth and out comes a gimmick teeth. And he's just basically going, right, I'm going to go to town. And he's just basically eating all these sweets. He can't feel anything because he's apparently he's in a lot of pain. So there's like this chocolate bath kind of bathtub full of like chocolate sauce. So he just goes inside and he goes, come in. The water's really nice. And they're just basically swimming about in this chocolate sauce. I thought it was uh, absolutely hilarious. Um, I did watch an episode from Series 3. And it was Series 3, Episode 6. So they're in the green room. And uh, Kel wants to move to Japan to become a sumo wrestler. And obviously all the other kids are like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, shut up. You need to uh, come back kind of thing. And so one of the little girls has a fight with the sumo wrestler and she beats him and the sumo wrestler leaves and then it kind of goes back to um, normal. And uh, there's a Dr. Migraine sketch. So he has a a patient from a foreign land called Ishbu. And I'm not really sure how politically correct this was, to be honest with you. So he's basically doing this funny accent and he's like, oh, I want to be comfortable. So he's basically sitting on him. And he goes, I'm comfortable. And he goes, right, get off, you idiot. Go sit on the chair. And he's like, you know what? I want a uh, possum pot pie. And they're basically trying to eat a possum pot pie. But then he goes, oh, in my country, you have to put the pie in your face. So he puts the pie in the guy's face. And yeah, this was a very, uh, not a politically uh, un- a politically incorrect uh, segment. And then you had Island Girls. So they're trying to uh, build a, a radio, two-way radio to try and get out. But there's an annoying girl called Kiki, and she's basically being really annoying. And obviously the, the natives come in, they go, oh, we need a sacrifice and whatnot. 
And then the girl would go, oh, oh, can I come with you? Can I come with you? And then they just like, you know what? You're really annoying. You're you're very, very off-putting. And then she throws a boulder at the natives. And they're like, you know what? We're going to get away from you. And they said, you know what? We got an idea. We're going to um, tie you up. And the Kiki goes, oh, we're tied up. We're tied up. And the other girl goes, you know what? I can't live like this. And she just goes, bang, knocks herself out. That was so she doesn't have to tolerate her lemonade girl. So a girl is basically selling lemonade, a cup of lemonade for four dollars because I think Keenan he's playing golf and his ball drops into a lemonade stand, and so he's like, she goes, oh fine, you can buy a glass of uh, lemonade, but it's going to cost you four dollars, and he's like, four dollars for a glass of lemonade, and then she's going. And then he goes, okay, okay, stop crying. So he's drinking the lemonade. He goes, this is too hot. It's a cold day. And she goes, oh, so do you want a cold lemonade? And he's like, yes, I would. And she goes, you can have it for 74 bucks. And he's like, what? I'm not paying $74 for this. You must be crazy. And she's going, wow, wow. My mommy said if I don't make $75, She's not going to take me back home. And he goes, okay, okay, fine. I'll pay $74. And then he's like, okay, so can I have my golf ball back? She's like, yeah, sure, for $50. And he's like, $50? Forget this, I'm leaving. And then he goes, okay, okay, take the money. And then um, she tries to, uh, a little girl comes along, and she wants a lemonade, and she goes, okay. Ten dollars for you, and the little girl starts crying, and she's like, "Yeah, nice try. I know this game. I invented this game." And then the little girl, she's got a dolly, and uh, a lady's walking past. She goes, "Oh, would you like to buy my dolly? It costs a hundred dollars." And the 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 lady goes, "A hundred dollars? Are you crazy?" And then she starts going, "Wah wah!" And she goes, "Okay, okay. I will give you a hundred and fifty dollars." And the little girl goes. No, like, no, you know, not bad, kid. How about you come and work for me for minimum wage, of course? And then uh, Keenan comes back because he forgets his hat. And then she goes, It costs $300. Now it's $400. And then he goes, I'm not paying that. And they both start crying. And then that's how that um, sketch ends. I watched series, the, only, the other one I watched was series three episode. 13 and so I had this lifeguard scene where um uh, I think uh Kel and two ladies come in the room and there's a lifeguard there and they're like what the hell are you doing there's no water here we don't need a lifeguard then they're like okay let's just get out of here and when they walk out they just fall into water and the lifeguard saves them uh then they go into this vital information thing where it says you eat a Brazilian fruits and you're full of fruit um and then they send eeny meeny miny mo and then they're like who's this guy mo and why is he so eeny and why is he so meany then they do um did i miss a, oh yeah so i missed a din lady sketch out so a bit where the din lady go to the din lady and she's like here's your food and and then if anyone says even one thing nasty about the peas she goes crazy and basically kel says everything's rubbish the peas are rubbish this is rubbish and then she throws him through the ceiling then they did a star trek thing where it's like the captain tantrum girl comes in because um Kel accidentally zaps away. So Keenan accidentally zaps away the um uh the captain, and then the little girls, the um the uh, alien 
comes onto the screen and says like, "Oh, you better, you're in for it," kind of thing. We're gonna we're gonna get your ship. And she's like, "Oh, I'm only a little girl. Why did you do that?" And she starts crying. And they're like, "Oh, I'm sorry. How can I make it better?" And they're like, "Oh, you can lower your shields." And then so the alien lowers the shields, and then the little girl blows the ship up. Uh, then they did this weird French thing with Keenan, but I didn't write down what he said because it was very confusing. And then there's a hillbilly segment, and then Keenan comes in, but he doesn't have his costume, so they have to start fishing, and then they start catching. They catch they catch a man's hat, um, and then his date runs away because he's bald underneath the hat. Uh, then a boy catches a bra, and the lady comes in and slaps him. Uh, and then the the girl catches the TV camera, and then it's a bit of Peter and Flynn, but I can't remember exactly. All I've written down was Peter runs five miles and Flynn runs from the police. Um, then there was a good burger sketch, but I can't. I didn't write that bit down either. And there was an intro intro into a singer called Erica something. Erica Badu. Okay, yeah. So I wrote Bontiel down. I'm not sure where I got that name from, but I googled her, and that's not a thing. So yeah, you're quite. Correct. And she does a nice um, singing thing and that's the end of the episode. Um, it was quite a cool quite a cool episode, actually, to be honest. I quite like this one. That's <laughs> hilarious. Er- Erica something. Yeah, er- Erica Badu, very uh, famous singer. Yeah, I mean, it was just the fact that I had a two-year-old next to me who wasn't interested in what it was and I was trying to watch and keep him entertained at the same time. Right, yeah, so the uh, 2019 episode I watched, so this was like the pilot of the first re like brought back all that the kids are all very very nervous they don't know like they're like oh my god we're really nervous really nervous then they get some of like the old characters coming back to give them advice so uh the kids are trying to learn how to do a spit take and so uh one of them comes in he goes basically you have to uh be like an elephant and you have to like kind of spray the water and then just and then just like spit all the water in his face Kel is teaching them how to sell injuries and uh, Lorna or Laura is teaching them uh, girls going, oh, if you're really, really nervous, then you have to talk really, really loud. And, she, and they go, yes, we're going to talk really loud. Ah! And uh, yeah, so that was, uh, that was quite fun. Then there was Mask Video Game Dancers. So I think this is kind of a parody of... Uh, the Masked Singer, and it was hosted by Nick Cannon, but it wasn't Nick Cannon. It was a kid who dressed up like Nick Cannon, and he's wearing a turban because that's what Nick Cannon wears. And the judges were Beyonce, Ariana Grande, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and they're basically doing the whole uh, impressions of each one. So you got Beyonce doing the vein going, I'm Beyonce, and I slay. Boom! Flashlight comes on, and then Ariana Grande's like, yeah, I'm Ariana Grande. I see it. I want it. I have it. Yeah. And then there's Dwayne Rock Johnson. He's like over muscly going, if you smell what the rock is cooking, the rock says this. I thought it was very, very funny. And so basically, yeah, they're all doing dances. So you had Appleface doing the toothbrush dance. And it's basically uh, an Adam Sandler impression. And then there was Carrot Brain, who was meant to do an impression of Billy Ray Cyrus. And obviously the kids are like, who? And they're like, oh, is he the one that did... um, I don't know if you know the song Old Town Road. So it's basically a a kind of a a cowboyish song mixed with hip-hop. 
And they're like, oh, is he the one that did the song with Lil Nas X called Old Town Road? And they're like, yeah, maybe. Oh, and they're like, oh, and you're Miley Cyrus's dad. And then obviously he goes, I'm Billy Ray Cyrus. I used to be a singer. And they're like, do we know him? And then you got Ariana Grande going, I don't want it. I don't want it. Yeah. And then Beyonce is like, I've not seen such a, a, a worse dancer since God knows when. And he's nowhere near as good as boom. Yonce, flashlight comes on, and then the rock is like, If the rock says you're not gonna do this, and then you got small head dancing, so it's basically someone dressed up as a small, and it ends up being Nick Cannon, and he ends up being the best dancer because he's just basically every segment he's doing a little dance, and he goes, It's me, it's me all along, and then they do vital information with uh, Laura. But then she wants to leave for her home planet. And if she gets one of the other kids to do it, she goes, I need to find a replacement. So she gets the kids and they both do it together. Then there was a thing called getting rid of your stuff. And so the girls came to her friend. So is there anything you want to get rid of? And then uh, there's a vase. She goes, oh, do you like this vase? And then the girl goes, no, nah, not really. It's quite an ugly vase. And then she just basically grabs the vase smashes it on the floor and she goes that's my grandma's vase she goes you have to let it go so what do you think of this dress uh, i don't really like it it doesn't make me look nice and she ends up getting like some like dynamite and tnt she's like right boom and he goes oh so what do you think of this uh, cabinet and she's like yeah i don't really think much of this cabinet so she ends up getting this massive mallet and she's like smashing this cabinet she goes, my mom's going to kill me. This is my uh, living room. And then she goes, oh, so what do you think of the, the wall? And she goes, no, 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 no. I really like the wall. And she goes, okay, so what wall do you like then? She's like, uh, I don't know. And then you just see this massive wrecking ball just boom, <laughs> destroying the wall. And then you, there was a good burger sketch with the Jonas Brothers. And so they want to order a burger. Kel comes out after 20 odd years and he's, you know, he's still got it. Good burger, home and a good burger, man. Take your order. And they're trying to order burgers. And he's basically singing the I'm a dude song with one of the burgers. He goes, I'm a dude. She's a dude. You're a dude. I'm a dude. And the Jonas Brothers goes, oh, that sounds really good. Maybe we can use it for um, our song. And they're all just basically singing the I'm a dude song. And then there's this thing called cancelled with Nathan. So he's like, you know, people who say K instead of OK, they need to be cancelled. I totally agree. Like if I get a text from someone that just says K. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't messaging you again. <laughs> That's it. Delete off be, the contact list. They should be coming back with K when, I'm, when, I, when, I, when I address you. When I, when I call for you and I, and I, and I, and I give you something, I, I, I can accept OK. I can accept that, but K? K? Yeah, agreed. <laughs> no way. And then, um, yeah, the Jonas Brothers perform one of their hit singles. I can't say I'm, I know any Jonas Brothers songs, but the song that they were singing in particular was very catchy. So, uh, yeah, good job, Jonas Brothers. I couldn't even tell you which ones they are. So I think it's Nick, Joe, and... Billy.
Can't go wrong with Billy. Billy Jonas. Yeah, there's Nick and there's Joe and then there's um, bless his heart, the other one, which I can't remember his name. But um, <laughs> the other one, is yeah. right? No, no, I don't, I don't want to other him. Okay, I, the Jonas Brothers are, I, I, like I said, I'm they're way after my time. Not exactly sure what they do exactly, but whatever they do, they do it well. And uh, yeah, good job to them. And I think one of those married to Priyanka Chopra. So um, yeah, shout out to the Jonas Brothers, and uh, yeah, keep 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 doing your thing. So uh, right, we have to rank these shows now. This is quite an easy one for me, and I have a feeling this is a lot closer than yours, right? So bear in mind how close mine are, and bear in, and, and and so basically start off, and purely because of you know the level of production. So number three down to number one. Okay, so three was Hey Vern, it's Ernest, right? And that's, it was good. I liked it, and I really liked that coup, um, uh, Bill and, what was it called? Bill and Coup? Country and Western thing was amazing. I really liked that, and I can't stress enough how much I did like that. So, um, and then it was Zap, because um, Zap was Zap. Zap was amazing. Everyone knows it's great. And purely because of what went into it and what came out of it, was all that like it just seemed to be like head and shoulders above the rest in terms of production values in terms of what it meant to bring all of those diverse actors and actresses together because you know there's there's trouble there too and yeah i just think there's a lot a lot a lot into it and also knowing that it almost got shelved and then someone's like i'm doing this anyway i don't even care so um yeah a lot i, I liked it and i think there's a lot into it so it definitely deserves first place for me Yep. Um, mine is exactly the same as yours. So Hey Vernis Ernest was a distant number three. I thought it was um thought it was not good at all. Like I said, it rivals Biker Mice from Mars as being for me one of the worst shows that we have covered on this podcast. And the less said about this show, the better. My number two was Zap. It was very good. I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. I'm glad that I could enjoy it after all these years and it didn't necessarily fall off the boil, which I was quite scared that it might do. I thought it might go off the boil. I thought it might not be as good as as as, as, as what I remember, but that was definitely not the case. And yeah, number one was all that. I thought I thought it was outstanding. I loved the diverse cast. The new the new episodes also have a, a diverse cast as well, so it was one of those where they they just took a chance on uh, on 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 these kids. They wanted to I, I like that they wanted to reflect all of America, so it wasn't just going to be an all white cast. It wasn't going to be like that, and it was yeah it was it was funny. I I found it funny. I was laughing at the old stuff and then the new stuff. You know, you can't. You can imagine how nervous those kids must have been in 2019 to try and uh, carry on the baton of uh, the show. And yeah, fair play to them. I thought they knocked it out of the park. I saw some negative comments, but I just thought, shut up, you're a hater. Be quiet. Go away. Have a seat. These these, these kids are doing great, and uh, long may it continue. And I might, you know, I might, I might try and cut these on. Uh, on the fly one of these days because um i i liked it it was a very very fun show 
they're having a lot a lot of fun and yeah man this show definitely deserves its flowers from now and back then and the fact that Keenan and Kel are still heavily involved with it makes me very happy because uh, they're both played a big part of my childhood and they're both great at what they do and they're both genuinely funny funny guys so uh yeah that's what i gotta say about that and uh, yeah i think it'll be a good place to uh, bring it to an end like i said this is the last episode that we're going to do before we break for the holidays so uh yeah listen to yesterday's capers and uh, a warm welcome from listeners in norway i'm a collector of countries i want as many countries as possible listening to this so uh Appreciate the love from uh, Norway and uh, carry on listening because y'all got so much to listen to before we come back for the new year. So uh, immerse yourselves into uh, yesterday's capers and uh, all of that. Yesterday's capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. We're on uh, YouTube at youtube.com forward slash yesterday's capers. But if YouTube is bugging out, then you can find our podcast on whatever podcast platform that you like to use so uh, definitely uh, check that out please like please share please comment please subscribe do all of those things and uh well i'm on the socials abdullah underscore molim on instagram abdullah molim twitter uh yesterday's capers on instagram is yesterday's capers one yesterday capers on uh, twitter so follow us on the socials and and give us all uh, all of the love it's been another good year of yesterday's capers. Obviously, 2020 has been crazy. It's been mad. And, you know, doing this podcast and having all you listeners, I appreciate it very, very much. I appreciate each and every one of you from whatever country you're from, whether it's Ecuador, whether it's Colombia, whether it's Kenya, whether it's Italy, whether it's Russia, whether it's Australia, Canada, South Korea, India, Germany, Belgium, Ireland. Slovenia, Ukraine, Nepal, India, Japan, Brazil. I could go on and on and on. And I appreciate each and every one of you. United States of America, of course. Y'all have been putting it down, holding it down. I appreciate each and every one of you. So uh, we're going to be back in 2021 with more episodes. So definitely tune in for that in terms of holidays i hope all my jewish listeners are having a, a wonderful hanukkah i hope you're lighting your menorahs and you know lighting it for the eight days i hope it's a, a wonderful and a wholesome hanukkah obviously if you're celebrating christmas have a good christmas if you're celebrating kwanzaa happy kwanzaa and uh yeah, we'll be back next year with more episodes of Yesterday's Capers.